Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine-to-five, find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host, all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life, even when you feel like you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I am super, super excited for this week's episode because I have organization guru, productivity guru, Barbara here with us today. And I am, this episode is going to be jam-packed for sure because I honestly just like, I'm going to pull out all the info from her for you guys to benefit from because she just she just knows it all. So, Barbara, welcome to the show. Wow. What a great intro. I hope I know it all. <laughs> I'll probably find some things I don't know when we're talking. But thank you for having me on, Sammy. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know you, can you just give a little bit more about who you are and, and what you do? Sure. Well, I'm Barbara Trapp. I'm in the uh, North Florida area, Jacksonville. I'm a certified professional organizer and productivity coach. My businesses are Zen Your Den and Zen Your Biz, and I offer non-judgmental help to busy and overwhelmed people. And I've been doing that all virtually since last March. It was a little bit faster than I intended, but I always intended to go virtual. So I'm really excited. I've been working with clients all across the country an hour at a time, two hours at a time, and it works great. I love that. I never would like think to have sort of like organizers doing things virtual. But when you first explained it to me, I was like, oh, it like kind of makes sense now, you know, but it's never something that like I would have expected, you know, but like, how did you? It works really well. Yeah. Well, we're very hyper focused. So a lot of my clients have ADHD or some anxiety, or maybe they're kind of afraid to let somebody in their home. And this is very low stress and low anxiety because we're very focused on one project at a time. So nobody can run off in a different direction in the house. (laughs) We work on one thing at a time in small bits and often more frequently than I was working with people when I was in person and my sessions were four to six hours at a time. Now I have clients booking me two to three times a week for shorter sessions and we really keep up the momentum. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's personally, I think it, it's, it can be more beneficial to have it in shorter increments, like, you know, occurring more, just like with attention spans. Like it just, I love that. How did you like get into all of this? What was sort of your journey to getting into like becoming certified and all that fun stuff? Well, it was totally by accident. And a lot of people who are in the organizing business started out doing something totally differently and didn't know about it or had never had that in their sites before. But I was kind of tired of working for corporate and I quit a job I was unhappy with. And I thought, you know, I'm going to take a trip around the country because I don't know when I come back, I may have to be a grown up again and apply for jobs and start off with 10 days of vacation a week. And I was a little frustrated by that. So I packed my car and I drove around the country. I went all the way to California and I pretty much ringed all of the states. And I was traveling for over a month and I ended up at 
my parents' house. And uh, for two months, I stayed there and I coordinated a big home renovation. Wasn't something I was planning on, but my brother's in California. I was in Florida. They're in Pennsylvania. And I thought, you know, while I have the time in between, let's fix this place up a little bit because there were a lot of things wrong. And in the process, I kind of had to clear out my parents' house and including them and put them in a hotel room twice and hire about 12 different contractors, take all the stuff out of their home except for furniture. And I figured if I could do that with them, I could do that with anyone. (laughs) But I still didn't really know about professional organizing. And one of the things I did on this trip was I listened to audiobooks the whole way. So my goal at the time was to read a book a week, and I really accomplished that on the trip. I read everything from marketing books, all the top self-improvement books from the last hundred years, all the top sellers. I looked at or listened to real estate, marketing, web design. And when I was going through that home renovation project, I had contractors asking me if I was going to be a general contractor up there. I'm like, oh, no, what is that? oh, you're a stager. What's that? And I didn't know what any of that was. I was a little frustrated, actually, because at the end of the three months I was gone, I still was no closer to knowing what I wanted to do when I grew up. And as I was driving back to Florida, I knew that my goal was to know what I wanted to do by the time I got back. Three minutes before I hit the Florida border, I heard the term professional organizer in one of those books. And I pulled off the road And I looked it up and I thought, this is it. (laughs) And the funny thing was, two of my friends, when I announced it to friends a week later, two of them said, we told you that's what you're supposed to do. I've been telling you about this. But, you know, if you're not ready, you don't always hear it. So I joined the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals in fall of 2016. That was about a week or two after I decided And I've never looked back. I love it. I love that. And I definitely can relate to the aspect of like just finding what you want to do and sort of like the spur of the moment and like it being bounced off from something else. Like that's sort of how I have sort of gone into a bunch of things I'm doing currently. It's like, oh, I heard it from someone and I was like, oh, that's kind of sounds interesting. And then I went into it and I fell in love with it. And so I think, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you have to go through like this whole like, you know, journey and like, like self-discovery process. But sometimes it literally could just be like a one second thing where you're like, oh, this is what I should be doing. So I, I love that a lot. Yeah. To me, it felt like a long time just because I was stressing over it. But I It took that whole trip to realize I didn't want to apply for another job. There's got to be some business I can do. And I feel like all the experience I've had in human resources and managing people in the hospitality industry, lots of things like that, uh, technology training, I feel like it's prepared me. Every single thing I've done has prepared me for this. And it's great to be able to use it now, but within my own business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always say that like everything that people like do or go through is like it's meant to sort of be there for them in some way and it will will help them whatever they end up doing. So, yeah, for sure. I love that. Fashion their passion. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that name. And it's funny because a lot of what I do with organizing it helps people get to the point where they're ready to pursue their own passions. Because a lot of times when people are stuck, they can't think, they just think, 
I can't do X, Y, Z until I get this house cleaned up or until I get myself organized or if I deal with this paper or this estate I'm helping with or I don't know, whatever big project is in the way. But it's really wonderful to see once they've accomplished that and just kind of cleared a path physically, mentally, it just opens them up to possibilities. So I see clients getting to that point and then they're ready to write a book and they do it. They figure out what they want to do with their life. They want to take on some new hobby or take up painting or whatever it might be. But it's that kind of clears the way for them to pursue their passion. Yeah. And I'm diving right into that. It's a great segue. I want to ask you, like, what is like the first thing that you tell people who are sort of like maybe they're stuck and like you said, they have a big project they're trying to tackle, but they don't really know where to start. And like they have 18 other things going on on top of this big project. Like, how do you guide them in the beginning of like, okay, let's start here and then we'll go there. Like, how does that process work? Right. Well, first part of clearing clutter is I think sometimes clearing the head, (laughs) the mind, and it's a great time to brainstorm and just get everything out of their heads and onto paper. And we start with maybe one list and then maybe we break it up into a couple more and then we start prioritizing. So what makes things overwhelming usually is when we don't, when we haven't broken something down to manageable details. And so I always say, you know, what's okay. You've got to plan this. Uh, I've got one client who is planning a big birthday party for her husband. And she said, oh boy, it's so much to do. I said, well, tell me about that. What is there to do? Let's make a list. And once we break it down into little bites, okay, okay, what is the very first step to finding a caterer? Google search or whatever and finding a list of three. So once we break it down to the tiniest first step, then we can start making progress. And it's less overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. And I I honestly, I sometimes do that with like essays and stuff like that too, you know, like being like, okay, like today we're going to write half of the introduction or, you know, the next day we're going to write like the other half and stuff like that. And it honestly makes things a lot easier. It's just like remembering to actually like go through that process first is what, you know, I sort of have to do. It's, it's like, I could just look at it and be like, oh, I have to write this whole essay. Like I can't do that right now. But then it's like, no, like let me remember to break it up and then we can sort of go through it. Yeah, I love that. And I think also it it's a that can sort of relate to time as well. Cause I feel like a lot of people will be like, oh, I don't have time to like do this one task or to do to accomplish this assignment. And I feel like if you look at it, like you said, like broken up, it's like, oh, I have five minutes to go on Google and research whatever I need to research, you know, and then write it down and then come back to it when I have another half an hour. And how do you sort of like help your clients in terms of like, I guess, like rethinking how they look at their time and how they look at their schedule? Well, I kind of like to gamify it. So I love to time everything, especially things I don't like to do. That includes maybe cleaning up the kitchen or making the bed, changing the sheets, doing laundry, folding it, that kind of thing. It really puts it into, you can really get a better perspective of how much time things take when you time it. So uh, for instance, it'll take me less than three minutes to make a bed and put away a couple things. And here I have been avoiding it for two hours when I could have gotten it done in three minutes. So I think setting a timer is a really good way to start. It's actually, I've actually got a really cool little giveaway. It's called Nine Tips for Decluttering Any Room. 
And there's some tips in there for setting goals. And one of them is about time goals. So I'll say, set a timer for 20 minutes, say that, you know, I'm going to spend 20 minutes in the garage. Who likes cleaning out a garage? Nobody. (laughs) But you can probably set a timer for 15 or 20 minutes, even 10 minutes at the start. And when it's done, go away and set a timer later to do another 10 minutes. Another way to do it is to say, let's see how fast I can pick out 20 items of clothing in my closet. Maybe it is a number, maybe it's 20 items, or I'm going to spend, I'm going to pick out 20 items and then those things are going to go to Goodwill and then I'll stop. Maybe you found 21, but boy, if you get 20, that was the goal. So if somebody hasn't gone through an area in a while, then you can probably set a bigger number goal like that. And it always, I think it makes it kind of fun to do it. So set a timer Or say, maybe you're going to pick an area and say, you know, I'm going to clean up this one shelf and I'm not going to stop till I get it done. So now it's not really time bound, but you have a specific goal of cleaning up this one particular area. So, and you have to mix it up. I think it works well with children too. I did that with my daughter when she was younger and her room was a mess and she was little. I said, okay, pick up 20 things and tell me when you're done. And she did. Okay, 10 of them were pennies. But that's okay. She counted (laughs) and it was done. I said, that's great. And she said, all right, is that what else? I said, nothing else right now. We'll do it again later. And she was kind of excited about it. So a couple hours later, like, okay, pick up 30 things. Ready, set, go. And she's counting and picking things up and putting them away. We did this three or four times during the day. And then before she went to bed, she said, mommy. My room is almost clean. <laughs> Works for grownups too. It's yeah. not just little kids. You know, any age group, if you just are dreading something, just count or do a category. Books, clothes, pants, pieces of paper. And if you're not sure where to start, I always say start with the floor. If you're not sure where to start after that, the floor is clean because I say take care of safety issues. Then start with the top and work down, maybe on top of a dresser or a desk. If you're still not sure stuff is everywhere, but the floor is clean, then I say, go left to right. Just start in one spot and don't move and don't change. Move forward until you've gotten that one area clean. Yeah, I love those. That's actually really helpful because I feel like sometimes like I'll just walk. Honestly, I'll walk into my room and I'll just be like, there's stuff literally everywhere. And then like I'll, I always start with the floor and I always put everything on my bed. And then I'm just like. I'm like, everything's on my bed now. Like, now I'm more overwhelmed (laughs) because everything's here. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. And then I just, like, I'm like, I just somehow just shoot spot and start going through things. But sometimes I'm just like, you know what? Like, not today. So I just, like, leave it on my bed for the rest of the day. And then (laughs) I just forget about it. So, yeah, that's really helpful. You know, I think it's also good to think about time boxing um, or blocking Picking out certain times during the week to do certain tasks. Maybe you grocery shop just one day a week, every Monday or something. But at the same time, before or after the trip, you also gas up your car, whether it needs it or not. You go ahead and fill it up. So you're kind of condensing errands and being more efficient with your time later on. So the same could be said for doing household chores and things like doing laundry And I always like to do laundry first, starting with the bed, changing the sheets, remaking it, and then have a clean place to put clean laundry and then put on some music and fold away. And, but 
once you do it all at once, it's done for the week. So it can be kind of fun once you have a system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely, I feel like it's not as fun until you have a system, you know, because once you have a system, it's just like you just sort of, it becomes unconscious in a sense, you know, and you just sort of like go through it and just do it. But if you don't have a system, I feel like honestly, like you just dread it, you know, and you're like, why am I even doing this for? So yeah, it's definitely better to implement something, you know, whether it's like yeah, whatever it is. Put on an audio book chores sometimes when I'm talking with a friend so I'm kind of getting two things done I put on my little headset and I tidy something up and I feel like I'm getting two things done but I'm also not really thinking about what I'm doing and then when I'm done I'm like oh look what I cleaned up I hate doing that but I was distracted I had something else to do I was listening to somebody and talking and it just made the time go fast absolutely yeah I want to talk a little bit about procrastination because I feel like it ties a lot into what we've been talking about and I know it's something that a bunch of people struggle with and you know they're sort of boggled by the aspect of like how am I you know continuously not getting things done when I want when I say I want to do them or putting them off and stuff like that so what is sort of your take on procrastination and have you sort of dealt with it with yourself or your clients stuff like that and like how do you deal with it? Well, first of all, I've got to say, I absolutely love procrastination. <laughs> it rocks. <laughs> and I say that because when I'm procrastinating, I get so much other stuff done. So I have this term I use called productive procrastination. Have you ever done that where you're avoiding something big, but to excuse yourself, you get a whole bunch of other stuff done that wasn't quite as important, but boy, you got it done. <laughs> really useful at times, but there's a time when it does kind of bite you and you have to just get it done. So it's important to figure out why you're, to really spend some time thinking about why you're procrastinating on something. What's got you worried? Are you scared of the outcome? Are you afraid you won't do it right? Do you think it's going to take too long? And really think through why are you procrastinating on something? Maybe it doesn't even have to be done. Maybe it's not you that needs to do it. Maybe you need to farm it out. Or maybe you just need to like, just get it done and reward yourself. Say, okay, when I get this done, I'm going to go do this for myself. I'm going to get my nails done. I'm going to buy a book I've been wanting or give yourself a little reward. <laughs> so find out why you're procrastinating. It could be that, again, it's something overwhelming that you haven't really broken down. Maybe you don't know where to start or how to do something. And so you start asking yourself questions, kind of like a child, you ask them why they did something and you ask them why five times to get to the root cause. Now, when I'm coaching, one thing I don't do is I never ask why, but we'll talk about what's going on. What were you thinking about when you made this decision? How do you feel about that decision? But you can ask yourself something why, you can ask yourself why five times and get down to the root issue of what it is. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I've heard that before, but I'm not sure where I heard it from. But yeah, yeah, it definitely is very impactful when you go through that process. And honestly, in anything you do, whether it's like for procrastination or or honestly just anything, and it's because it allows you to get really, really specific. And then it allows you to actually like take action on a really specified thing. And 
usually it like it solves a problem you've been having. And so, yeah, I love that process a lot. Yeah. It, and it comes back to that time again. Sometimes we just think, oh, it's going to take too long. So one example I've given is I bought a plant from the store, just this little herb plant. And it comes in these little containers that if you don't put the plant them pretty soon, they're going to just die. So I put it on my porch right near my door. And for like two weeks, I would walk by it and I had to water a little bit. I'm finally thinking, I just said, I hate repotting plants, but I got to get it in the ground. So that's when I set a timer. And, you know, it took me less than five minutes to pot that plant, clean up, <laughs> water in the new plant that, I mean, it was ridiculous how much time it took. And I've been avoiding it for yeah. two weeks and this plant almost died. So again, it could be an issue of just, if it's, you just don't want to do it. Just time it. Put a timer on it. Make it fun. Gamify it. Get it done and out of the way and, and move on. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I want to talk a little bit about like planning and sort of like scheduling, I guess you can call it. Because I really, I feel like I was really good at like time blocking in, in terms of like, okay, for the next like three hours here, I'm going to do X. And then in the next like two hours, I'm going to do Y. And it worked sometimes and sometimes it didn't work. And I want to sort of know, like, what is your process when it comes to helping people, like, I guess, make more of their time, more sense of their time? I'm really starting to help them sort of see how they can have like an afternoon where they can sort of be free and do whatever they want to do or maybe like to show them that something doesn't take as long as they think that it should. Right, right. Sometimes it takes a little practice on something, working on something a couple times to get a better idea of how long it act, that task actually takes. So when you're first planning on doing something, you might have to double the amount of time you plan for it. Also, I am a big fan of the Pomodoro method, and that's when you set a timer. In fact, it's actually named after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> little tomato timer, but you can get some great versions of that on, you know, as a phone app. So there's focus timer. There's a bunch of different ones out there. And you don't have to stick with the standard, which I believe is 25 minutes on that you're working and then five minutes off. And you do four of those Pomodoros. So the 25 and the five is a Pomodoro. And so you plan on four Pomodoros. And after the fourth, then you take a longer break. And then you start over again. But if forces you to do some really intense work. So you might end up with six hours of intense work, which could be way more that you were getting done before when you're kind of scattered and jumping around and not thinking so much about a timer going off. So the great thing about that is you can change the length. I found sometimes that actually a 40 minutes on and 10 minutes off works better for me sometimes because I get really in the zone on some things. I'm okay having a little bit longer session, but If you're somebody who gets distracted a little bit early on, then try that. Play with the timeframes and see what works for you. So using that is one system. And again, you might want to put a buffer Pomodoro in your day. So if you decide to do that and you say, okay, this project's going to take me four Pomodoros, but maybe you want to plan five. There could be some interruptions, something, something may take you longer than you planned, So always make sure that you have some buffer time planned, blocked into your day so that you can actually get it done. Also, so we've thrown out some terms, there's time blocking or time chunking where you're you're trying to get a certain 
bunch of stuff done in a certain block of time. Then there's another term called time boxing, and that's where you're actually limiting it. So you're setting, maybe it's three Pomodoros in one chunk of time during the day, and you say, okay, I'm going to write this blog post and get it done within between nine and 12. I'm going to get three or four Pomodoros in here, and that's it. And when it gets to 12 noon and you're done, you say to yourself, okay, is this good enough or does it really need more time? So one thing about procrastination is we're often worried about making something perfect, but done is better than perfect. And this really forces you to think within the box, okay, is this good enough? And can I move on to something else? So you're really not just stretching it out for the whole day. You're thinking, okay, this is the box of time I'm allowing for this. And then you think, do I really need to give a little bit more time? And if you do, then you do, but you make sure it's a very finite amount of time. So it just doesn't drag on. So you can combine the Pomodoros in the box or the time blocks for different things in there, but you're giving yourself some boundaries on how long you're going to spend on something. And then really determining, analyzing and deciding, is this good enough? Am I done now? Yeah, I love that. Because sometimes I feel like there are some assignments or something I'm doing and I could like honestly get so fixated on them for such a long amount of time because I just want it to be like the best it could possibly be. And then I'm like, wait, I just wasted like four hours on this thing I didn't even need to waste four hours on. And so I really like just sort of like capping it at a certain point and just reevaluating. That's actually, I should implement that more. (laughs) Yeah, the sooner you get it done, the sooner somebody else can benefit from it. Exactly. I love that. Before we roll into the final question of this podcast, I want you just to share where everyone can find you on social, on the web, all the things. Sure. You can find me on my website, zenyourden.com. Also, my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle are the same, zenyourden. You can find me, my Facebook page is Organizing with Barbara Trapp. And that has a tag name of zenyourden, but look for Organizing with Barbara Trapp and you'll find me there. So those are probably the best places. Also, Barbara Trapp on LinkedIn. And I love to connect. Yeah, absolutely. Everything will be linked down below for you guys to easily just click and follow, connect, whatever you guys would like to do. For the final question, this is a question that I've asked every single guest who has ever been on. And oh boy. The, uh, it's <laughs> you're totally good. No pressure at all. But I'm the, ready. <laughs> the question <laughs> is, based off the title of this podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion, what is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Mm. Take risks. And be open. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been an amazing conversation. I am super, super excited to hear what our listeners learned from it and how they're going to implement a lot of the tips you shared with us today. For those of you listening, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion Podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. 
Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.